Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. What just happened? It's a question I was asking myself a couple years ago, back in 2017. I was sitting in a doctor's office, and they were clipping uh, some wires to me. Uh, These were um, wires for an EKG machine, because earlier that day, I was sitting down at my my desk, and I um, was getting ready to do some work, and I felt something I had never felt before in this region, this tightness in my chest that had gripped. Now, I've had my share of, of red, uh, red chili, bacon red, uh, bacon green, breakfast burrito. So I've had my share of heartburn before. Like, I know. But this was a new sensation. It was brief, real brief. But it was like a half second here, a half second there. And it was just like, ah. I don't. So I called my wife. I called Rita. And like, when it's an issue with heart, you don't, you don't mess around. It's like, just let's go get it checked out. Now, I'm 36 years old, all right? I did the face app this week. I look like what, you know, I saw what I'm supposed to look like when I'm older. I'm like, this isn't supposed to happen until I'm older. So I explained to them what's going on. I haven't been working out for years. I'm not necessarily, like, grossly overweight, but I know inside it is not healthy whatsoever. I know I got some stress that's going on in my life that I need to handle better, and so I explain my symptoms, and they're like, yeah, let's, we need to check. And as they leave the office to go get the EKG machine, I'm sitting there going, what just happened? This is a live option. I'm 36. This, something shouldn't be taking place. So for me, physically, monitoring my heart, checking things out. Fortunately, it was not a heart attack. Bad burrito, I guess. I don't know. But... I knew something had to change. I had an EKG moment physically, and it has changed my life physically in the past two and a half years to get things back in a healthy manner. My question for today is, and I wonder, I wonder, if we would monitor our hearts spiritually, what would happen like we we monitor our hearts physically? Even if it were for a brief moment, If we would say, oh, this little outburst, that wasn't me. That's not normal. It was just brief. What if we monitored our hearts spiritually like we do our physical hearts? What would happen? Today's question is, how do I better handle my anger? I want to dive into this today because the question is, how do I better handle my anger? Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, we're going to talk about anger today. Great. Because my spouse needs this. How do they better handle their anger, right? But that's not the question on the floor today. The question is, how do I better handle my anger? And you'd be like, no, 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 Mike, I'm not an angry person. I mean, sure, it flared up on the drive to work this week. Like, you know, someone cut me off, complete random stranger. I didn't even know who it was. I told him to peel the banana as I, as I passed on by. But you know, that was just a temporary, you know, it's it just a moment. I'm not angry, Mike. And sure, like I kind of overreacted with my spouse when I saw the dishwasher this week. Like, I mean, Mike, 
the dishwasher. If, I mean, if you, it should be simple to load the dishwasher. Like when he does it, you might as well just hand wash it or, or just reorder it again. It's going to be easier because you're going to have to clean them all up again. Like it's the dishwasher, right? But I'm not angry. Not angry. And I, yeah, I might have clapped back at him a little bit too hard when he made this offhand remark at dinner. But I mean, Mike, the dishwasher, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. We've had this conversation how many times, but I'm not, I'm not angry. And uh, it instantly, yeah, I was surprised how quick it came up when the kids decided to, to, to get that marker out on, on the couch this week. And, and, and create some artwork, but it's expensive couch. I mean, they need to respect the couch and respect people's stuff. Like, it was just a temporary thing. I'm not angry. I, I'm not angry. If you ever catch yourself saying, I'm not angry, maybe that's an issue. And we would say this. We would say this. We're, we're sophisticated people. I'm not angry, Mike. I'm just frustrated. I, I, I'm tired, I'm stressed, but I'm not angry, Mike. What's the difference? Brief moments where some things from the inside come out. What if we monitored our hearts spiritually? like we monitored our hearts physically, even though brief, I, I admit, they're brief, and we're frustrated, and we're tired, and we're stressed, but what if it was something we looked at a little bit more closely on the inside? My parents, they would say growing up, they're like, we're not arguing. We're just discussing loudly. Or I heard someone else say the other day, it's like, we're in intense fellowship right now, but we're not arguing. What's the difference? What's the difference? Well, Jesus would say there's a, there's, there's not much, and there's some things that we can be looking at. So I want to look at a passage of Scripture in, in Matthew chapter 15. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn there. And Jesus is going to give us some insight on how we can deal with some things in our heart, not just anger, but other things, although specifically today we're going to be looking at anger. And listen, if you're new to Christianity or, or, or just checking this thing out, why do I look at Jesus and what he said anyway? And I always go back to this. The reason we look at Jesus and his life and what he said is because of the resurrection. Jesus was born, claimed to be God, did a ton of miracles, predicted his death, but he also said, I'm going to rise from the dead, and he pulled it off. Now, all of his followers, they thought he was great. They liked the miracles. They, they, they liked his teaching. He did a lot of great things. But they really didn't pick up on what he said until after the resurrection. Then they're like, oh, the dude pulled it off. We saw it with our own eyes. He is God, the Messiah. Now everything he said, everything he did now has meaning. We got to talk about this stuff. I remember he talked about these things in our heart. I remember he was invited to dinner one time by this Pharisee in Matthew chapter 15. Of course, when they wrote it, they didn't have chapters and verses. They're like, you just got to know this story, this Pharisee, which are the bad guys in the Bible. It's like Darth Vader coming in. It's like, dun, 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 dun. That's the Pharisees. Anytime you read them, it's like, okay, they're the religious leaders. 
They're the ones that know the Bible inside and out. And they're trying to set Jesus up for a trap because these guys really didn't like him. So they invite him over for dinner, and Jesus did something that would probably offend you and I if he came over. Or not, maybe not offend us, but we'd be like, ugh. He didn't wash his hands. He came over for dinner, and he didn't wash his hands. Now, we would think that's gross, and rightfully so, but the Pharisees had this thing called the law. It was an oral tradition. Like you had the Old Testament that had all these rules and regulations. Hey, here's how you got to do it. And these guys didn't want to break the rules. So they made man-made rules on top of that. And so they said, hey, one of our man-made rules is you got to wash your hands and you didn't do it. You're not following our traditions. And Jesus basically said, you can take your traditions and get rid of them because that's not what I'm about. And for many of you, that's, you, you don't like those man-made traditions. That's why you, you ran from the church. You wanted nothing to do with the church or it just upset you. I mean, you grew up and it was like you couldn't say darn. You couldn't say shoot um, because they sounded too close to other things and, and, and they were man-made rules, all right? And I'm, for, I'm country, so it was like, you, I mean, it was like shoot, darn, heck, farfignugan, Gosh darn tootin' whatever, you know, you couldn't say those things. Some of you grew up, you couldn't dance, you couldn't wear certain things or whatever. Man-made rules that were made to be like, oh, this is God's law. You break these, you're, you're breaking the law. And then we, then we read our Bible or we grew up and we're like, ah, what, what, what's all these rules? That same attitude that came up with you is what Jesus nailed them on. He's like, I'm not following these man-made rules. So to pick up the story... He didn't wash his hands. They called him out on it. He clapped back at them and said, your, your man-made rules I'm not following. He says this. He says, these people, the Pharisees, honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He's more concerned about your heart. And he says, their worship, their worship is a farce. Basically, he says it's worthless. That seems weird for, for God to say that your worship is worthless, but he's saying that they're just saying words. It's not real. He knows the inside, the intentions, the motives. They're trying to, 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 to do rules, obey the rules. For they teach man-made ideas and commands from God. Then Jesus called the crowd and said, come here. He said, listen and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You're defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Now, there should be some amens in there if you like bacon. All right? Because, again, let me tell you, they, they didn't pick up on what Jesus said in the moment. It wasn't until after Jesus rose from the dead they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. What he just said is a big deal. I believe it's in Acts chapter 10. This one statement from Jesus, you know, if all the good Jews followed all the, all the Jewish rules and the Jewish rules said, hey, there's certain foods you can eat. There's certain foods you can't eat, clean, unclean. And in this one statement, Jesus said, no, it doesn't matter what you eat. It's all good. Bacon, good. Tacos, good. Eat, it's good. But it wasn't until after the resurrection they said, oh, we got to pay attention to everything. Everything this guy said had meaning. This is one of them. So if you like food, amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
We like this one. Then, sorry, I, I get excited about food. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not even talking about anger yet, but that gets me fired up. They still don't get it because they're good Jews. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We've grown up this whole time knowing the, like, certain foods are not clean. And he goes on and says, Peter, his best friend, said, explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. That's what we've grown up knowing the whole time. And Jesus says, don't you understand yet? Anything you eat passes through the stomach and goes into the sewer. Disgusting, Jesus. <laughs> we, yeah, we know. We see it like two or three times a day. If you're, uh, as you get older, you might see it two or three times a night as well. But he's like, yeah, we, we, that's the gross. It's really gross, Jesus. He says, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Saying the root of this, your anger is inside of you. You're like, well, I'm not murdering anybody. No. But we will take things to an unhealthy extreme if we don't address the heart. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands, gross but will never defile you spiritually. What just happened? Where did that come from? Have you ever thought about that? How, how things, maybe you didn't act on it, but the thoughts and the ideas, how quickly some things came up when you were impatient or stressed or tired. You're like, well, I didn't act on it, but you were scared about how real it came up, how, how some things came. Maybe you did act on it, and you're a little bit scared of how those came. And you'd be like, what? where did that come from? Jesus would say, I know. Pick me. I know. I know where that came from. Inside. It's inside of you. So as we talk about anger today, these little brief moments that we've had come our way. Here's why this is so important on dealing with. If we don't get a handle on our anger, there's danger with anger. And one of the dangers with anger is that it sows seeds of bitterness. Scripture says this about anger. It says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Let me just say this, and I got to say this to my boys quite a bit as well. It's not a sin to be angry. It is not a sin to be angry. It's what you do with it. It says, don't sin in your anger. I, I guarantee you, Jesus was not happy with these Pharisees. That's why he let loose on these guys. But he says, don't sin in your anger. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, deal with it quickly. Don't, don't get historical with people and, and load up a laundry list of things of how they've burned you and then five years later you unload on them. No, deal with it quickly. Keep short records of wrongs. He says, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Anger gives an opportunity, a crack for the devil. He knows, the devil knows, and you know. Your feelings are dumb. And when you're in high emotion, when, when anger comes, there's an opportunity, an opportunity for him to slip in and say, they're, gonna, they're not going to make the best decisions right now. 
This is an opportunity for them to make some mistakes, to make some regret, to sin, to distance themselves from God, to question God in their anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity, a foothold. And I know you would say, Mike, danger gives, or the danger of anger is that it leads to potential bitterness. But you say, I'm not a bitter person. And, and I'm not bitter either. We, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't say that. But whatever it is that makes you angry, you have a story. Every single one of us, you have, you have a story. Someone did something. Someone said something. Someone took something from you. It's coming back up to mind. Maybe it's something recent or maybe something way deep back in our history when we were a child. But somebody did something to you and you have a story. And every time it comes up, you're like, thanks for bringing it up again, Mike. I, I don't want to deal with this. But you have a choice on what you want to do with your story. Here's, here's, here's what anger is. Quick definition. Anger is you owe me. You did something to me. You took something from me. You owe me my childhood. You owe me time. You owe me an apology. You hurt me. You owe me is what your anger says. And you have a choice on what you're going to do with it. Hold on to it. Give the devil an opportunity. Grow seeds of a root of bitterness in your heart. Or you can deal with the anger. Anger, there's a story behind your anger. If I heard your story, I would agree with you. I'd say, I'd be, I'd be upset too. That's not right. That's not okay. There are going to be circumstances in your life where it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry. But I'm telling you, you have a choice on what you want to do with it. And the, the second danger with anger, and this is why this is crucial. Listen to this. Listen, listen. The danger with your anger, if you don't deal with it, is that it often leaks out onto the ones you love the most. And some of you, this is part of your story. What was in your parents' hearts that they chose not to deal with or, or really pay attention to what was going on on the inside? And it leaked out on each other and it leaked out on you, the next generation. And so goes with you today. It will leak. You can try to cover it up as pretty as you can on Instagram and Facebook. And, and I would, you know, you, you might, I might catch a small glimpse of that and be like, where did that, what just happened? Where did that come from then? They seem so happy. Every time I see them at church, they're great. Every time I see them at work, it's great. But it's hot in, outside and in summer we got our windows open and I happened to be walking by your house and I heard something going on in the inside and I'm not judging anything, but it was like, what just happened? And there, I've never heard that voice coming from that person. Jesus would say, I know where that came from. It's in your heart. And it leaks onto the ones that we love the most. The next generation is hoping that you take the message today and that we deal with the stuff in our heart. It is so important because they're going to have a story one day to tell too on how did you deal with the things going on inside your heart. So how do we deal with this? Actually, I want to ask one other question. How long are you going to stay angry? How long, whatever it is, are you going to stay angry? 
about it. Tomorrow? Next week? Next month? A year? Like get a calendar book out, mark a date. How long are you going to stay angry about it? And that might seem ridiculous, but I think that's the question on the table today. What's the deal of holding on to this when we can actually process and deal with it today? So how do we deal with it? How do we, how do we handle this and get a healthier heart? First thing, ownership. Ownership. Say this with me. I struggle, I struggle. With, anger. with anger. Some of you didn't say anything. Now, now, now they're like, oh my gosh, is this the angry silent type? You're scary too. You, you may not be an exploder, but you keep it silent. You're, uh, you're scary too. Your, your house may be lined with eggshell carpets because people are afraid of your silence. It screams. I struggle with anger. No, 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 no. Jesus had a brother. His name was James. James did not believe in Jesus until after the resurrection. Thought he was like, okay, he's my brother. He's doing some awesome stuff, but I don't, I don't know if it's Messiah stuff. Oh, wait. Predicted his own death and resurrection. He says in the very first verse of the book of James, read it, says, I am a slave to Jesus Christ. Just think about, just think about what would it take for you to say, I'm a slave to my brother, the Messiah. Probably going to take a death and a resurrection and a whole lot of other stuff too that you saw and say, that's the guy to follow. James says this in chapter four. He says, what? is causing quarrels and fights among you. Time out, James. Not what, who. Have you met my mom? She knows everything. Every time she's coming in, she's like, you need to change this, you need to change this. Has an opinion on everything. Some of you are like, uh, that's not my mom, that's my teenage son. Dude just thinks he knows it all. Just coming in and just saying, do this, do that, you're doing this wrong. Some of you are saying, that's my boss. James, not what, who. It's a who. James goes on. He says, don't they come from evil desires at w that are at war within you? To which we would all answer, no, James. This is not about me. This is about them. Have you met my husband? Was a gentleman. Now he's a jerk. My wife was so complimentary. Now it's nag, 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 nag. Not what? Not me. It's them. They are causing me to be frustrated, angry, rage. It's them. To which James would say, you're wrong. I struggle with anger. There's a part where I'm trying to get at today. They might have done something to you, and yes, you have a right to be upset about it. The whole goal of today's message, part of it, is to own my slice of the anger pie. There's some things that I bring to this dynamic that I need to own if I want to handle my anger better. And the first thing you can do is own it, to say, I struggle with anger. And if you really want to know it, if you really, really want to know the answer, if you struggle, ask the people who are closest to you. Ask your spouse, do I struggle with anger? Ask your kids. Ask 
your friends or family members who are closest to you and give them freedom to speak. And if you already are afraid of what they might say or you're already getting defensive, I struggle with anger. It's okay to admit that today because it's a starting point for dealing with this better. Second thing is is self-awareness. Call it out. Call it out in yourself. James goes on. He says, you want what you don't have. So you scheme and you kill to get it. You're like, again, what's up with this killing thing? I'm not murdering anybody, okay? I'm angry, but okay, I'm not. No, it's a little bit of hyperbole. It's a little bit of an exaggeration. But he's saying, again, as long as the focus is on them, then I will, I will not focus in on what the real problem is. I'll take things to unhealthy extremes in these relationships. As long as it's always them and out there and nothing within me, I'll never change. And it will work itself out in unhealthy ways. You're going to take it to extremes. He says you're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask God for it, you don't get it because your motives, the inside is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. He's pointing out a truth in life that most of us are not on a truth quest. We would say that in church, oh, I'm all for truth. I want truth. If we're honest, we're like, I want happiness. I want pleasure. I want things that I want when I want. And God, your truth and your ways, like, I like that. But if it conflicts with my happiness, ah, I'm going to choose my happiness if we're honest. Part of this is calling it out, saying, I'm not getting what I want. Can we practice that? I'm not getting what I want. Some of you are still not saying anything. That's okay. You're just scaring the people next to you even more. Like, ah, I'm not getting what I want. I mean, it's the couch, Mike. It's, I, it's respect. Respect the couch. It's expensive. And if they go to someone else's, like, I don't want to pay for their stuff. Like, it's just embarrassing. And I want respect. And you're not getting the respect you want. Right. So you're not getting what you want. Right. But, Mike, they promised. They, they gave me a promise. They said they were going to do it. They didn't do it on time. They did it incorrectly. So you want people to keep their promises. Yes, I want people to keep their promises. So you're not getting what you want. Right. But Mike, I earned the promotion. I, like, I want credit for the work that I've put in, and, and they got it. They got the credit. I didn't get what I deserve. You want what you deserve, right? Yes, and you're not getting what you want. Right. Mike, what they did to me was unfair. Like, if you knew what that person did and what they took from me, what they stole from me, my purity in my childhood, like that should not happen ever at all. And it's unfair and you want what's fair, right? Yes, and you're not getting what you want. Yeah. Again, time out, let me say, there are certain things, people should keep their promises. People should treat you fairly. Like when these things happen, it's okay to be upset. There are things that you should shake your head at and be like, that's not right. But anger 
does not have to control you. Own it, but also admit I'm not getting what I want. I've had to practice this. I got this from Andy Stanley this past uh, few weeks as I've been prepping this message. And I've had to say out loud a few times in my frustration or my anger or my overreaction, I'm not getting what I want. Doesn't change the fact that I'm angry. I'm still angry. But what this does... It brings the temperature level down in the room. It brings the temperature level down inside my heart. I take a breath and just admit I'm not getting what I want. If you've got two people in a relationship that are, that are going back and forth, you might just try this this week in the middle of the confrontation, in the middle of the the. the um, speaking, the, the, the loud, we're loudly discussing things. Just say, Hey, um, you know what the problem is here? I'm not getting what I want. Can you imagine the person's reaction to that? That's like, wait, you're not, that's right, you're not getting what you want. And I'm not getting what I want either. Married couples, give this a shot this week. In the next day or two. When it comes up, or who am I kidding? In the next hour or two, in the next few minutes after church. The one who goes first is the most mature. (laughs) The wisest one, because James is all about wisdom. The wisest one will go first. And if I could be so brave just to talk to the men in the room. The reason you will not go first is another thing in your heart called pride. When you're hesitant to say, oh, the preacher said this, "Ah, I don't want to. That's pride in your heart. And you know, you know, men, pride has never led you anywhere good. I'm not getting what I want. Still angry. But anger, you will not control me. You will not boss me around. I don't, my mood is not dictated by this. And I'm going to own my piece of it. And the third piece of this, and the final piece, practice forgiveness. If you want a healthy heart, the antidote for a healthy heart, and this may take a while because bitterness might have grown its root in there for years. When I had my EKG moment, I hope some of you are having an EKG moment spiritually today to deal with this. It wasn't an overnight express to to muscles and abs. It wasn't like, oh, oh, I just do seven sit-ups and boom, 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 pop, 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 abs, and I'm still not there. It's just like, it doesn't happen. It's a process. Two and a half years in, it's still a process. Forgiveness is the same thing. Peter, Jesus' best friend, came to Jesus and says, Jesus, Jesus. How often should I forgive somebody who's offended me, who's hurt me, who's wounded me? Seven times, Jesus? That's pretty good, right? Seven times? To which Jesus says, no. Seventy times seven. In other words, every time. It's a process, Peter. And you're never going to feel like forgiving somebody. Because forgiveness is not a feeling 
It's a choice every single time, and you got to put it in to practice. That's how you fight a bitter heart. A bitter, angry heart is defeated by forgiveness. Say, how do I forgive somebody, Mike? Because I've struggled with this. How do I forgive? Simple, not easy. Simple to, to say, not easy. First step, determine what they owe you. What, what do they owe you? Again, anger is you owe me. You owe me my childhood. I was neglected. You owe me my purity. You took that from me. You robbed me of that. You owe me an apology. You owe me a new couch, kid. You owe me what? What do they owe you? And then you cancel the debt. Think about it. How can someone repay you a childhood? How could someone ever repay you purity? This is the gospel. This is why we are here. When you look at the life of Jesus, it says he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And I will go back to this again. When he died on the cross, it wasn't like everybody was there in the moment saying, oh, he's obviously doing this for the forgiveness of our sins. No, they thought all hope was lost in this moment. And it wasn't until after the resurrection that they said, oh my gosh, when he died on the cross, he talked about that. It meant something. He said that was payment for our sins. In the, in the shadow of our hurts, forgiving someone looks like they're getting away scot-free, like, like we're rewarding them for bad behavior. But in the shadow of the cross, your forgiveness is only a gift from one undeserving soul to another. Jesus, God, had every right to be angry. And so do you. But he chose to forgive. And he offers it to everyone. Everyone, regardless of what they've done, it is offered to everyone. And Jesus didn't even get what he deserved. And some of you, you're angry because you didn't get what you deserved either. Jesus, not getting what he deserved, he was innocent, but died the death of a criminal on a cross, chose grace and mercy. Because that's what love is. The gospel just means good news. It's good news for everyone because you couldn't earn it no matter how hard you tried and whoever, whoever hurt you and wounded you, they can't earn it back, no matter how hard they tried. You'll never be more like Jesus than when you're forgiving other people. He chose to forgive when they didn't deserve it, when he was angry, when he's upset. He said, nope, I'm offering forgiveness today to everyone and that's offered to you today. You're looking for freedom from your anger today. Your next step, I own it. I struggle with anger. I'm not getting what I want, and I'm going to choose, even though I'm still upset, even though they don't deserve it, I'm going to choose to forgive. What I didn't cover today was, do you confront somebody? How do you confront someone? That's not the point of today's message. Now I'm at the place 
where if I need to have a conversation with somebody, I'm in a healthy spot. I'm in a better place now to handle my anger. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.